acted out of savage instinct, the way that she was trained. Okay, and I completely understand that, but in order to get to her, I had to relate to her, I had to speak her language. I had to get physical with Ronda Rousey to remind her of the hierarchy here in WWE. Because I am the commissioner of Monday Night Raw, which means Kurt Angle reports to me, which means as of last night, since Ronda Rousey did amongst the chaos sign her WWE contract, Rhonda now reports to me, which means WWE owns Rhonda Rousey. I meant everything that I said last night. I want this more than anything, but I have never been slapped before in my life. I refuse to be disrespected, and I am no one's property. Now this is a completely different world than you're accustomed to. You need to work within the system. And Rhonda, honestly, I lied. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Kurt. You know, we have addressed everything. Except your slap. If you want to put all of this behind us, you need to apologize to me. And if you don't apologize, I will not hesitate to rip your arm out of its socket. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Justin, is it ever good to be alive? Today is a day that is good to be alive. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. It's a nice day out there. The sun is shining. So if it was you, raining? You walked here. Yeah. You know, which is not the shortest walk. So clearly the weather must be nice enough for that. I had a bad day at work. Yeah. So I was like, I need some time before I go to do the, what it could only be called at this point, the world's greatest professional wrestling podcast, Top Marks. Clearly. I have to segment my bad work day. I have to get to Studio Skyloft and, and be ready to rock and roll. So, yeah, I walked here as a, a buffer. And uh, something good happened to you along the way. Is yeah, that correct? A, a nice lady asked me for my phone number. So uh, Just on the street, just from looking at you. Yeah. Didn't well, no, no, she said, speak. no, no, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, if she heard me speak. Didn't even hear your controversial opinions on <laughs> women's roles in society. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty controversial. <laughs> uh, but indeed, no, no. She said she'd seen me around and had like, ah. meant to. We, I guess we'd been at, at the Biltmore, she had said together. So there you go. Ah. So uh, there, a glimpse into my personal life right so off she the saw you, She saw you at the Biltmore and thought that you could build more. <laughs> and as soon as I take off my shirt, she'll be like, oh, I thought you were more built. <laughs> exactly. Come there on. There we go. Come on, There people. we go. Welcome. To Top Marks. This is a wrestling podcast where every week, Justin, what do we do? We break down the top three stories in the world of professional wrestling for a grand total of... 15 minutes. Which is also the length of... A WCW TV title match. Yes, we do. And sometimes, Josh, there are stories that we can't 
always get to because, uh, you know, they it's just not something that we can talk about for 15 minutes, That's perhaps. Right. Yeah. And there's a couple of those this week. But before we get to that, I did want to ask you, and I know we don't have a ton of time because i got to get to work before too long here, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. I know what you're saying. Um, you got to go to work. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you went and saw Black Panther for the second time last night. Yeah, and yeah. You, and it was a special occasion. It was. you were going with uh, your younger sister. Yeah, my middle sister, a 13-year-old Emerline. Uh, for the sake of this discussion, uh, yeah, I mean, I took my sister, and it was a really, really special night. Yeah, now, can you can you mention why it would have been a special thing for your sister <laughs> yeah. to go? Yeah, uh, my, two, my two youngest sisters are from Haiti, uh, adopted into the custodial family eight years ago, and amazing, you know, changed our lives, all this sort of thing. Uh, but I took her to Black Panther, and uh, as a, you know, growing black woman, there's a lot of black women kicking ass in that movie, and she just responded to it in, like, a... I was pretty emotional watching her watch it, and then I gave her a couple pop vinyls after. She was fired up. Really, really nice evening. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I, I talked uh, a little bit online and on Real Good last week about how uh, I had an emotional experience watching the film, and right. I got roasted for that. I defended you. Thank you. You saw this. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to gauge like your emotional journey in watching it with... Uh, you know, someone who would obviously have a, a really big experience watching that. Does it make me callous if I didn't cry? Because I did, I didn't cry. But there's, there's no, there's no denying that I was uh, soaking in the. Mo- I'll be honest. When it ended and she was just like geeked to talk about it, mm-hmm. that was more emotional to me than anything in the movie, right? Okay. Uh, so yeah, but no, I, I didn't. <laughs> Justin, I wouldn't cry. <laughs> no, I, I only cry at wrestling. We know oh, this. Okay, of course, right. like a real man, right? No, I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, I, and I think we both loved the movie also. So. Yeah, have we ta- yeah, Black Panther, really, really great. Go yeah. see it if you haven't. Exactly. I don't think anyone needs us to tell them. Like, have you seen anyone say anything bad about this no, movie? No, not at all. I kind of want to say, you know what? Don't go see it. <laughs> Horrible movie with bad music. Just because this is going to attract some publicity for the pod. That's right. It's he's, like He's the one man on Earth who's yeah, the willing one. to say bad things about <laughs> Black Panther. It's the one red Actually, score on... Actually, that's Ben Shapiro. Oh, did he not? He's like, of course. Wakanda isn't real, you idiots. <laughs> Thank you, Well, meanwhile, he has a million tweets about Westeros, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Can we talk about uh, the people on the, that side of politics sometimes a little more extreme? Uh, I don't agree with them too much. Myself, uh, our good brother, former guest on the show, Rob Russo, been taking them to task. Oh, he's been fighting the good fight this oh, week. Boy, you're great to see. But uh, they call people soy boys now. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I love this. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's like it's like they did a brainstorm session on like what's a worse insult than cuck. And when I say worse, I mean not more offensive. Makes you look like a bigger <laughs> dumbass for saying it out loud to someone. You're a soy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Great to talk about. Justin, uh, can I tell you what the three rounds we are going to talk about this week are? I would love it if you would. This week we're going to uh, recap Sunday's uh, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this. I have some strong opinions exiting it, so uh, lots to get on there. Uh, something that I think we have a little, uh, little get into it a bit more in round two. We're going to talk about uh, the two Honor Rising shows that happened this weekend. Yeah, it's Thursday and Friday night. Well, that's right. Uh, I mean, it was late enough that it was actually Friday, Saturday in Japan. Yeah. But it was Thursday and Friday over here. So. Or if you're me, torrented on Wednesday. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I was working late bar shifts, and I wound up coming home like right at the time that the main event was starting on both oh, shows. Oh, that's... So it was like perfect for me. There's almost nothing better. Yeah. 
like getting home like and then like turning new japan world on and it's like oh i didn't miss the big match i wanted to see that's exactly right and then in round number three justin uh, a woman named ronda rousey uh has been you know this was her third appearance this week i think there's been some highs and lows and we got to talk about where ronda's at so far in her career i think would be remiss not to yeah it's probably the biggest story of the week and of course i'm sure there are people who are listening to us rattle off those three topics this week and thinking uh wait a minute where's uh where's the brock lesnar thing yeah uh, what's going on with with john cena making his way over to smackdown why won't you talk about that well uh to you person whose voice i hate who listens to the show well, uh, I well, will. wait just a second joshua okay. i have a perfectly normal voice and it, it offends me <laughs> that you would demean it yeah fuck you and stop listening to the show <laughs> wow <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. Well, that which... seems mighty harsh. <laughs> well, I hope I hope Justin comes back soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, he said okay, he had to well, go let's... to work. I think he's already gone, in fact. All right, well, if you're going to do this bit, okay, I'm ask me a question. I'm going to with you. Ask me a question, then. I'll explain that. Uh, why aren't you doing a full round on Brock Lesnar not being on Raw? Because I don't feel like there's 15 minutes worth of content to talk about there, and uh, I think Justin probably would agree with me here were he present for the show. Well, he thought it was a shoot, and it turns out it's a work. <laughs> I don't know if Justin actually thought it was a shoot. I think he thought that it was, like, there were shooty things about it. Um, okay, Justin did say it was a shoot in our chat, and I, I was uh, pretty... Well, uh, on Monday night, if you're reading the sheets... Yeah, everyone was reporting that Brock legit no showed. Oh, okay, which is really a weird thing to happen in the build to WrestleMania. Yeah, but I agree. As it's come out in the last couple of days since then, it seems like more of a work that they made a last minute decision to be like, how do we make Roman the babyface in this storyline? That is what I had said on Monday night. Frame Brock as someone who is going to leave. Yeah, I mean, the, it is no new trick for them to try and get heat on the guy who's a perceived part-timer, right? I, I'm, mm -hmm. They've done it with countless guys. I'm here day in, day out. You're not. I mean, The Rock was on the receiving end of it twice against uh, Punk and Cena, respectively. So, uh, yeah, I would say that there's precedent for it. I also just didn't find it that interesting. Nothing about the – I thought the promo was great, to be clear. I thought Roman did a bang-up job. But I just I, – I know we're getting Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania. I, I thought Raw as a show was great this week. A lot to – A lot of great promos. Definitely. Cena as well. Yeah, why don't, why don't you talk about the Cena promo? Yeah, wait just a second. <laughs> oh, I no. wanted to see yeah. What about – what's he doing over on SmackDown? Yeah, I mean uh, – uh, I think he's going over there to, to challenge Nakamura. That's what we thought. But in fact... But instead, no, he is inserted into the main event, which is now a six-pack challenge. And that feels like a mistake to me. I agree with you, Justin. What because do you think is a mistake about the it? The Nakamura match is better. It would tell a better storyline for Cena as he becomes increasingly desperate mm -hmm. as he loses more and more. He should have lost to AJ and then lost to Nakamura and then really felt like he was at his wit's end and at the end of his rope, and then, you know, makes the desperation challenge to Undertaker. Or, as I proposed in the, in the group a couple days ago, said, look, I've lost a lot, but, you know, the natural end of a losing streak angle often is, I'm going to put my career on the line at WrestleMania yeah. to anyone in the back who's bad enough to retire me. And yeah. when he says that... We get the gong. I think that does look pretty likely. And Taker comes out and gives him the point. That would be sick. It would be great. 
It'd be a great use of both characters and the most interesting thing you could possibly do with John Cena. And I feel like giving him this win over AJ has negated all of this storytelling that they've been doing with this losing streak angle. It's like out the window. Uh, we, I don't want to get too in-depth to it, but do you think there's a chance Cena takes the pin in that fast lane match? I, I hope so, yeah. and that it's Cena retaining, or, or rather AJ retaining by pinning Cena. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably your most likely outcome there. Uh, anything else? guy? What's the guy with the voice? Yeah, name? my name's Gil. Gil. Yeah, That's a nice name. Yeah. For a fucking moron, well, Gil. how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I think that's yeah. a about all the topics I wanted to touch on. Well. Other than perhaps uh, the New Day Usos promo, uh, which was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, uh, I, I I thought so, too. But I, what's going on with those Bludgeon Brothers? Yeah, okay. So, uh, Gil, I'm going to tell you something. I can hear the listeners, because I'm the voice of the people here. I, I, I can hear them saying. Enough, Gil. Enough, Gil. <laughs> they, Kill Gil is the <laughs> chat that I'm hearing in, in my mind. Um, yeah, I thought uh, Big E especially was, I think, a lot of people Serious saying correctly. Up. Yeah, and I think that's good, not just for the New Day, but particularly for Big E. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go, happy to see where that's going. Well, uh, with that out of the way, of course, always want to mention that uh, you can come down and watch Monday Night Raw at the Penny at Commercial and Gravely every Monday. And we watch Superstars or Main Event or whatever yeah. is beforehand as well. So it's a four-hour event from four to eight. Every week in Vancouver, come on out, it's a fun time. And, Josh, this past week was a momentous occasion for Top Marks because we dropped our first ever Patreon donor-exclusive episode. Yes! Bonus Marks is the name of the program. I like the name. And we watched WrestleMania Five. Yep. And we were um, under the influence when we recorded the episode. Correct. We ate uh, marijuana edibles. Very potent edibles. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, I was nervous that the show didn't turn out well. Yeah, I wanted to apologize for people for that lack of professionalism. We weren't intending on recording that night when we took the edibles. I want to be clear. I'm not apologizing. I listened to it. Yes, I listened to an episode. Yeah. I thought it was good. And all the reviews coming in are, I loved that. Yeah, and... so. Our boy Fergie from ECCW yeah. said, next time you boys want to watch a pay-per-view and take some edibles and talk about it afterwards, count me, count me in. So maybe maybe Fergie will join us for bonus marks, too. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as uh, send us your feedback. And yeah, if you are a Patreon donor, again, patreon.com slash topmarks, uh, that episode is up there for, for you. And we announced at the end of that show also that the plan for this month, unless somebody donates $20 and picks what we watched this month and scraps our plan, uh, we were going to watch the first ever NXT TakeOver special. Which I'm pretty excited for. Um, but again, uh, if you donate at the $20 tier, you can choose what we watch. So if you don't want us to watch something good, if you want us to watch, you can make us watch WrestleMania 5 again. I, I mean, that's, Jesus, I really <laughs> hope not. That's, we could set three hours of our life on fire <laughs> once again. Uh, and with that, Justin, what do you say we get into? Round number one. Round one. Fight! Justin, I'm not going to eliminate you from my life. Nora Chamber. Oh, that's uh, very sweet of you. Oh, you didn't let me finish. Oh, what? No, I didn't know. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were trying to rescue me from my... My intros into rounds are getting worse. Have I know, right? This? Progressively. It's weird. I think my brain's getting worse just in general. Or I guess maybe it's recessively. If, as, as we progress, you get worse. Yeah. It's not really progress in that case. My brain does the opposite of practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... The, the but you know what else got progressively worse as time went on? The Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Yeah, because wow. it started with its best match, I would say. Uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows versus The Miz That's not 
what I was thinking of. <laughs> I did not watch the pre-show, and I didn't even know that match happened. But so, so yeah, let's start there. Then let's start with the women's elimination chamber, which I think you said uh, hit a early, early high point for you in the show. Yeah, it was super fun and a well-told story. Uh, I did say though, and I didn't tell you what my point was uh, going to be here when I said I had a point to make about yeah. the commentary team in this match. Uh, and I think uh, our friend Book of Lube will be very happy that I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, shit on uh, Jonathan Coachman. Yeah. Because look, it's always nice when commentary is able to key in on the story of a match and tell that story via the commentary team as well. It's important. But, but I would say that there's also such a thing as overtelling that story, <laughs> which they certainly did uh, in the women's match, oh. but especially in the early going where it's like, Oh, you think especially then? Yeah, this is going to be a test of friendships as these oh. three teams of two compete in a match where it's every woman for herself. Are they going to see their friendships put to the limit? Which friendship will dissolve? It's six <laughs> women. It's three groups. Some alliances have to fall. What's going to happen? Uh. And then that's Cole, okay? Yeah. And then Coachman jumps in and says, that's very true, Michael, but there's three groups of two women in this match, <laughs> and the friendships are going to be put to the test and I think we're going to see that one of the groups might dissolve over the course of this match and then uh, who's the th Corey Graves. Yeah, Graves. Corey will jump in and be like coach that's a point well taken. <laughs> Unfortunately I'm going to have to correct you that there's there that there's three six women teams. in this match and it's every woman for herself but Every one of these women has a friend in the match, which makes their three <laughs> teams of two. Like, it was incessant. It drove me insane. Yeah. Comment like, commentary should not overtell the story of a match to such an extent that I want to mute the TV <laughs> and just watch the, the story be told through the physicality alone. I mean, first of all, yes to everything there. Uh, but also just throughout the show, I don't know if it's just a confirmation bias thing now, but but Coachman, t like, I, I know I've probably bitched about Michael Cole before on the show, but I actually think Michael Cole does a pretty good job. I think he's put in a position where he has to say things that are annoying and corny. I, I, like have, I have criticized Cole in the past, but I, I appreciate him on the whole. I just feel that he doesn't have, like, name one iconic Michael Cole call. Yeah, I, I probably couldn't. But Coachman, like... I feel like he steps on the big moments more than he... Well, the Daniel Bryan them. one's the famous one, yeah, right? Yeah, so I always bring that up. What yeah. does he say? He's done it? It's like before – no, before Batista taps out to the yes lock, he's yelling, he's going to tap, he's going to tap, <laughs> right. he's going to tap, which is like confirming something first instead of heightening the drama of will this happen? Is this the finish? And then he just goes, he taps. Yeah, <laughs> like it's – I do remember this. Uh, this match, uh, Justin, on the show last week, I said that I thought this was going to be a dud, and I was completely wrong. I thought this was easily the better of the Elimination Chamber matches on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was well-booked, too. Right people went out at the right time. and uh, Yeah, you know, we, we had... Uh, Mandy got to have a bit of a showcase early on and being one of the first people, but then she also left first because yeah. she's probably the worst worker overall. Uh, on but, Earth, you mean? But, but No, not on Earth. I thought she was good in the Women's Rumble. That's why I, I've in the past said I think she's uh, a little uh, underrated because okay. she gets crapped on a lot, but she was really good in the Women's Rumble. Uh, she did more botches in two matches than everyone yeah, else on the roster. Yes, combined. the Raw six-woman tag main event last week <laughs> did not go well for her. Uh, I thought Mickey James a good showing in this match I too, thought Mickey actually. James was excellent yeah. and that big spot off the top to eliminate Sonya was 
awesome. Awesome. Did you know that match was a half hour? Uh, it, it kind of felt that way, and that it's five minutes between yeah. pod openings. So that's, that's twenty true. minutes right there. Yeah. Let's move on here, Justin. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro in a shocking upset. Well, we didn't up. even talk about Sasha and and Bailey having their moments. Oh yeah. Because so. this is going to get teased out further and further, but I I liked it, and yeah. I liked the moment on Raw too of of Bailey dropping off the apron and yep. walking away, and you were like, "Oh, this is confirmation of my big plan where I think Sasha's turning heel." No, I Bailey's turning heel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Bailey's turning heel. I don't think that's true. I feel like both of them are are well motivated in everything that they've yeah. done so far. Uh, I just thought the one week they teased it. I. I It'd be nice. I still think it is Bailey that's going to be healed, but to be clear, I'm not like dying on this hill. If Sasha goes heal, I'm not surprised it by any stretch. Have we talked about this before? I don't know if on the show, which we, is always tricky. Yeah, because like I don't want to see that. Yeah. I, like we've been teased for three years with the Sasha heel turn. She's a natural heel. She's better at it. Let her do that on the main roster. Just because it's a shock for Bailey to turn doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It would also be a uh, total misstep to stop talking about this match with uh, by ignoring Alexa Bliss's promo after, which, which was, was super babyface at first, and then she turned on the crowd. But at no point did the crowd turn on her. They yep. cheered for her victory. Yep. They cheered for her promo. They cheered for the heel portion of the promo. Those crocodile tears when she's like, to all the girls out there, just and I told I was like, yeah. are they do are they turning Alexa baby? Face, I start going. Oh, maybe Oscar's gonna go heel. No, she's just but like that, you can't do this. That crowd loved Alexa Bliss. Yeah, and I was. I very loved Alexa Bliss that night. That. I thought she was great. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro in the upset of the year take out uh, Titus Worldwide in 10 minutes. <laughs> I watched this match. I could not tell you anything about it. Uh, I know that uh, Sheamus and Cesaro won. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, Titus had some big-time errors in their rematch Ooh, on Raw. Oh, boy. And we've talked in the past about the worst worker in the company, and you yeah. think it's Mojo. Yeah, I think Mojo. No, oh, well. it's Titus. It's for sure Titus. And I, he's <laughs> not someone hairs. that I think about as being the worst worker because lately I don't even think of him as a worker. He's more of a manager. A manager, yeah. Uh, but now that they've put him back into this tag thing, he's not good, man. Apollo is great. Apollo I is a, I think Apollo is a great worker. He lacks personality, and that's why him and Titus are good right. meshing. But, uh, you know, as great in the ring as Apollo is – he cannot carry Titus O'Neil. Titus, I've seen in better singles matches than I've seen Mojo. But I think you're splitting hairs okay. and calling them, like, they might be 1A and 1B for that right. that uh, illustrious title of worst worker. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on, Justin. Uh, Asuka beats Nia Jax. I thought this actually ruled. Yeah, I thought it was what it needed to be. It was pretty hard hitting. It was not that long. Uh, I really liked the match. I did not like the finish. Oh, yeah. I it, think that's fair. It felt, the roll-up itself felt sloppy. Yeah. Uh, and it just was kind of a weird note to end on. Anticlimactic, for And especially sure. taking in the grand context of the show, this has the same ending as the men's chamber match. Oh, yeah. I guess where, that's true. Where the monster gets pinned and then attacks the winner afterwards. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, it's, it is It the felt same. like a repeat beat. Yeah, you can't book Nia and Braun in similar ways on the same shows. You just... Can't do it, I think. It's Yeah. It, you have to come up with unique spots for both, and they didn't do that tonight. Uh, but I was weirdly into this match. I, I thought this was really, really solid. I uh, thought it was one of Nia's best matches ever, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably since their last ones in NXT. Oh, the, yeah. The second one. Uh, so, yeah, I thought kudos to, to both the ladies. Uh, Woken Matt Hardy beats Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. um, I thought this was... I'm not going to say it was a good match, but I was interested at the result and where it could go. I thought it was the most interesting these two guys have been in a long time. I agree. I think the crowd being so into Matt really helped. Like it, yeah. He seemed 
the crowd's been lukewarm to Broken Max. Like, it seems like this is something that should end soon or should have already ended. But I, this is going to continue right through Mania. This is both of their WrestleMania programs. Yep. And honestly, right now, I do not have a problem with that at all. Is it? it there's no way it's on the Mania main card. Eh? It could be. If they, if they let Matt introduce, like, some of the elements that have been missing. Yeah. Senor Benjamin, like, Rebby. Maxwell, Vanguard One, which is what should, if you're going to build this over the next six weeks all the way to Mania, those things should come into the picture, then this can start to feel like a big deal that people are going to get hyped about at WrestleMania. Can I tell you my ideal booking for it? Sure. Uh, over the next two weeks, Matt Hardy, they have a rematch on Raw next week or something. Uh, Matt Hardy beats Bray Wyatt again. He breaks Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt becomes broken Bray Wyatt, and they challenge Sheamus and Cesaro for the tag belts at Mania. Ooh. There's no obvious opponents for Sheamus and Cesaro. That's a good It's the most interesting yeah. Bray's ever been. Bray's success is always with tag teams, be it the first half of the Orton feud or obviously with the Wyatt family. I really think this would be, be good for everybody involved. I actually do like that because there is nobody for the bar at this no. point. And who, there's reason to think that they could get a better match out of Bray and Matt than they could have as a singles match. And also, yeah, man, that sounds great. I feel like that's the beginning of the Bray Wyatt babyface exactly. turn that we've all wanted for a long time, too. That's great booking. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. I do want to make one point, though, before we move on. Sure. The most interesting part of this match for me yeah. was something that I did bring up to you before. What? At the very beginning, when the lights go oh. out and Bray <laughs> appears in the ring, but Matt is gone, Bray goes searching for him, yeah. and he searches for him under the ring. And when he lifts up the <laughs> ring apron, I am expecting to see the usual things that we see under the ring when the apron gets lifted, which is like kendo sticks and a garbage can and yeah. that sort of thing. Instead, what I saw was a gray plastic bin full of Gatorades. <laughs> and all I could think about for the rest of the match and honestly most of the show afterwards was... <laughs> Who is those Gatorades you for? You did seem really focused on this. You were like, oh, I mean, who's drinking the Gatorades? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, for me, I thought it was the ring crew, right? Uh, maybe. It's just, you know, I, it's it one was of those weird. Things, it stuck out in my mind as being something that we've never seen before. The, yeah. Uh, There's a good moment there somewhere in a hardcore match. Like somebody pulls out the Gatorade bottle. And like refreshes themselves that's and right. then smacks the guy in the head. Who could do that well? Uh, I don't know. Like that seems like a Sandman move. But then On the active course, roster, maybe Brizongo? Yeah, yeah. They could do that. That'd be funny. Have a nice spot with some Gatorades. Yeah, those Gatorades really jumped out at me. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, in the main event of Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns stands tall over Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. And Braun Strowman. Roman eliminates everyone but Roman. I hated this booking. I hated this booking. Mm -hmm. To me, it felt like the moment, I wonder if you feel the same here, when the, the five guys, the other people, all go for the pin on Braun Strowman. So everyone hits their finisher. It's a coup de gras. Or no, maybe Cena doesn't. Like three finishers he eats. He goes down, then four people go for the pin on him, and he kicks out, creating a nice moment where he sends all four people flying. Just I like a big, uh, you know, Matrix Reloaded spot. Exactly. I've referred to that before. On yeah, the show. yeah, the Agent Smith spot, if you exactly. like. Exactly. Um, I just don't understand the booking of making one guy look so much stronger than everybody else. But not win. It, it seems, and he entered later than Roman. Well, here's the thing, too, that's a problem now, is that Braun has no direction for Mania. Like, John Cena is making a big deal about how he has no path to WrestleMania. Yeah. Neither does Braun. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's weird because Triple H is tied up now, too. Yeah, because that should have been... Like, what was the point... Of anything that happened at Survivor Series now, I have <laughs> like they they scrapped all of it. it. It's 
everything. It, the whole Jason. I know it's not to their fault too, but just look at all the storylines that have just led to to nothing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot recently, and they they really need to remedy that. I saw somebody on Cage Side Seats write an article about that, talking about how like what all of these feuds that were set up, none of them led anywhere. And they were like, well, I know that Survivor Series seems like a long way out to start booking Mania programs. And it's like, no, no. it's not. No, nope. seems perfectly reasonable. Mania programs begin at SummerSlam <laughs> yeah. quite often. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's... And so for that to lead to nothing, like, what is, like, the all the buzz was Braun versus Miz. And now we're clearly getting Seth and Finn versus Miz yeah. in a three-way. Which I think is actually going to be, that feud benefits all three of them I in fully a really agree. good way. I fully agree. And I'm not super interested in the Braun versus Miz match, but like, unless you call up, um, what's the giant? Sullivan. Yeah, like then what is there for Braun right now? What if he uh, he's uh, in the New Day role? He hosts WrestleMania this year. <laughs> I could be into that, <laughs> I man. D- I don't think it's out of the question. He's I really super don't. Super charming. And then you have some old part timer come out, and that Braun just some old heel who comes out, and Braun just crushes him at some point. The kids go home happy. I, I think you could see that. Imagine Braun with like a. Like a giant tractor rolling down. Like Hulk ramp. Hogan comes out. It's the big Hulk return moment. <gasps> oh! And then Braun throws him in a dumpster. Dude, <laughs> if Braun just trashed Hogan and then the New Day come out and just start stomping him once he's in the dumpster, I am all in on WWE forever and always. Uh, Justin, let's wrap up here. What did you think of the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view? It, it was very predictable. I watched yes. it two days after the fact, and I did not mind that. I actually watched Rob after it before I watched the Chamber pay-per-view oh, itself. And it's like, this was a spoiler-proof pay-per-view because everything that you thought was going to happen is exactly what happened. Or maybe we talked last week about the possibility that po- like potentially Sasha could have won the women's chamber match. Well, I went perfect on my picks for it. Okay. Uh, you were off by one. Yeah. So, like, a pretty predictable pay-per-view all in all. How about a letter grade for, for this sucker? Um, I like the chamber matches, the gimmick yes, match in general. Yes, me too. Um, but, I mean, again, the main event was not... Not all that, necessarily. So, yeah. I don't know, like a C plus. Yeah, it's weird. You know, when I look at this and we're doing this review here, I don't feel like I loved anything on the show. But as I was watching it, I felt like this kind of flew by relative to some other paper. I guess the two really long matches help. And we but didn't uh, even talk about Ronda, which we'll get to later. That's right. <laughs> so I say C plus. Yeah. Now, Josh. Yeah. We're doing a bit of a role reversal here. What do you mean, Justin? Because it's time to play a game. Keep it or kick it? It's time to play a game. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Uh, we're going to play keep it or kick it again this week. Okay, let uh, me get my phone to read a list to you. No, no, don't do that. Oh, no? I've already prepared a list, (gasps) Josh. Wait. You are going to be the one who keeps or kicks this week. Oh, I'm so excited, now, Justin. Now, do you know the rules to keep it or kick it? I do, Justin. I can explain them if you need me to. Uh, I have forgotten the rules, even though I'm the game master this time. <laughs> so why don't you tell me what I'm doing? <laughs> Justin, every week I, or in this case you, write down a list of 25 just random topics in the world of wrestling. It can be from any federation, time period, or what have you. Uh, then I, in this instance, respond to the topic if I want to keep it, as in... I like it, I love it, I want some more of it, or I kick it. I hate it, I don't want to see any more of it, I despise it. Does that make sense to you, Justin? It certainly does. Now, Josh, in yeah. preparing this list, I, I, I did a list of 25 items, as oh. you always do. Oh, I'm nervous. And I have to tell you, 
I'm a little concerned that maybe some of these items are repeats from previous keeper That's tickets. okay, yeah. I just couldn't remember as I was coming up with well, topics. I've done, yeah, 250 of them at this point. Some of them will be retros. We've never heard me do them before. Exactly, exactly. I'm kind of nervous. Do you usually get nervous at this spot? Mm, sometimes, yeah. Oh, man. More so for a Sunday Night Tweet because that's a real guessing game. Oh. This is just your opinion Wait till this week's. Anyways. Let's go. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Mandy Rose is a wrestler. Kick it. Mandy Rose is a valet. Kick it. Sarah Logan going solo. Keep it. Liv Morgan going solo. Kick it. Dolph Ziggler in Bullet Club. Kick it. He's a better wrestler than Cody Rhodes. What are you talking about, man? I agree, but kick it. <laughs> Jim Cornette returning to WWE. In what role? Uh, as an on-screen authority figure. Keep it. Uh, or an, or Jim Cornette as a creative figure. Uh, kick it. That's a bonus little. Yeah, kick it. Kick it. Cody <laughs> Cody Rhodes returning to WWE. Uh, kick it. Do they? He doesn't do better there, and they don't do better with him. Ryback joining Impact. Oh wow, mm, that's a great one. Um, hmm. Keep it. New Day. Hey, heel Cage is there now. Yeah, Cage and Ryback. Yeah, sure. Yeah, keep it. New Day heel turn. Kick it. New Day breakup. Kick it. Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe at WrestleMania this year. Oh, holy shit. Wow, I hadn't even thought of that. Uh, like, we're assuming Joe's healthy? Joe will return probably with, like, three weeks to go before the show. Oh, gosh. So it's uh, a really short build, but they could do it. Yeah, keep it. Keep it. Uh, Daniel Bryan managing a stable. Kick it. Stephanie McMahon working as many matches per year as Shane McMahon. <laughs> Kick it. <laughs> Shane McMahon working any matches at all. Uh, keep it. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon doing a double turn. Oh, yeah. Big time keep it. Can they do that? Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, keep it. Big time. R Randy Orton is the United States champion. Kick it. Shinsuke Nakamura losing to AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Boy, that's good. Uh, keep it. Wow. Yeah, AJ retains. I just feel like Shinsuke losing at the grand stage is like... He's done. AJ hasn't won at Mania either, though. That's true. Three-man commentary booths. Uh, for pro wrestling? Yes. Uh, I mean, sometimes it works. Kick it as a general rule, but there are some combos I'm down with. Elias winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Keep it! Rusev Day winning the tag titles oh. at WrestleMania. Oh, uh, so it'd be Rusev Day, Usos, or, or whoever wins the Um... Rusev Day, yeah, definitely keep it, for sure. Bludgeon Brothers is a gimmick. <laughs> Justin, please, keep it. John Cena joining Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> what is above keep it? <laughs> he has no road to WrestleMania? Harper, Rowan, Cena! Cena! <laughs> yeah, keep it. Trio's titles in 205 Live. Hmm. Uh, tr trio's titles, yes, 205 Live, kick it. Uh, Roderick Strong winning the Cruiserweight title at WrestleMania. Kick it. Doing edibles before every bonus marks. <laughs> for me or for the listeners? <laughs> uh, kick it. I want to be a professional boy. All right. Well, that was it. That was all 25. Woo! That's fun to do. Yeah, right? I feel kind of fired out of a can. I'll, I'll try and come up with another 25 for next week, but I got to say, it was hard. Were any of those retreads? I, I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe Cody Rhodes. Maybe Cody Rhodes. I, I don't know. I think most all those were original. Some besides of them felt familiar. That was very fun. Regardless. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. It was a great time. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed that as well. I uh, I think Especially John Cena and Bludgeon Bros. <laughs> if any of you 
are good at at, uh, at, at Photoshop out there, <laughs> maybe try your hand. And that, of course, ties into the fact that when John Cena came out at the beginning of SmackDown on Tuesday, yeah. they put up the wrong title card. Yeah, they said Bludgeon he Brothers. Was cut, he was credited as Bludgeon Brothers. Was that a tease? Maybe not a mistake. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's his road to WrestleMania after all. And with that, we move on to, to round, round number two. Round two. Fight. Chivalry is dead. Gentlemen have disappeared. But honor has risen. That uh, that was an interesting intro. I Do you suppose. think it was good? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess thought. so. Honor is rising again, which means chivalry is on the comeback trail as yeah. well. Yeah. You're, you're a chivalrous dude. I like to think so. Yeah. You're, you're, I would say you're sort of like a classic gentleman. That's very. That's a very nice thing to say. No, I mean it. Like, you always hold doors. You're very polite in general. Yeah. I say beg your pardon instead of what? <laughs> which is very unpro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I would say you're like a, a gentlemanly dude. I feel like when I say beg your pardon, people are always like... Huh? That you know, it's weird. That is the thing you say, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and then like no, like everyone's always shocked. It's like, what were you raised in a barn? Of <laughs> I was you say that, Justin. I was raised in a barn. I just yell what if I'm around the company of women. If it's around just guys, I go. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just kidding. I treat everyone identical, <laughs> but that identical is poorly. Justin, uh, what did you? Again, we're in these one of these multi-night pay-per-view event yes. things, and this was being hyped as basically the return of the Golden Lovers as yes. a tag team. Yeah, their first uh, night being back in action. Kind of a weird show, and that I couldn't really figure out if it was a New Japan show or a Ring of Honor show. Well, it's a it's a collab. Okay, I, I think I think it's uh, like, but on- who's booking it? Both of them? Uh, yeah, it's co. Now, the Ring of Honor guys historically in these things just lose yeah. generally. Um, so I think probably Gato has a pretty pretty uh, heavy hand in the okay. booking of it. But I think New Japan probably, or rather uh, Ring of Honor probably has more to gain in these things. Yeah, I mean, it, it was entirely streamed on New Japan World, so I kind of thought it was a New Japan event. But yeah. it's called Honor Rising, so it sort of feels like a Ring of Honor thing. Ring instead. of Honor Rising Sun. Of course. Maybe. Right, right. Um. Uh. I'm just going to say it, Justin. I'm going on the record here. Yes. These multi-night things, they're not for me. I got to say, this was better than New Beginnings. Yeah. Because the shows were shorter. Obviously a big factor. Some of those New Beginnings shows were extremely long. And there's only one thing you're looking forward to at the end. Yeah, maybe two. So you really feel the length of them. Yeah. I didn't watch the full shows for On Horizon. I'll be clear about that. No, neither did I. But what I did watch... Felt a lot like quicker and b- better paced than some of the New Japan shows. I've oh, there's watched. no question about it. Um, uh, Justin, I think we need to cut the bullshit though. What? I've had enough with the bullshit. Oh yeah. I think we just need to get right to it. Now, there's one man above all, <laughs> yes, who really stole our hearts this weekend. Justin sent me a message at what must have been like four in the morning. Yeah, four a.m. And I wake up to it, and it was just like. The Beer City Bruiser is the truth, <laughs> or something. That's and I'm exactly like, what I said. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah, man, I don't really have time to, to get to it. But I was like, I'll watch before um, before we do the show. Yeah. And so what did I message you, I think, this morning? The exact same thing. Dude, Beer City Bruiser is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, now, 
Now, I think there's something to be said about, you know, a pro wrestling avatar. Yes. Like, somebody that you identify with as, like, having your personality or having your body type. Yeah, I think be- we talked about this last... Feeling represented on screen by people. I think last week we talked about this, how Aleister Black and CM Punk sort of have that for a certain mm-hmm. segment. So, like, how your younger sister felt watching Black Panther and all those <laughs> powerful <laughs> women just tearing <laughs> up, that's how I felt watching <laughs> Beer City Bruiser... Challenge Goto <laughs> for the never open weight title. It was awesome. So, Justin, explain how would you describe Beer City Bruiser to somebody who maybe didn't have access to video on the internet? Um, he's he's like the Stone Cold gimmick. If you like removed Stone Cold ever going to the gym, you know, <laughs> like he's the reality of people who live the Stone Cold lifestyle. What a great way of saying this. Yeah, I guess like Sandman and Stone Cold are obviously the the comparison point. Exactly. But Whereas like Beer City Bruiser is your dad. There's some. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean this actually as a compliment if you can believe it. There's something like innately shittier about Beer City Bruiser that is awesome. It, that like, makes it authentic and wonderful exactly he does not he is not produced he <laughs> is not like he, I, he walked to the ring swilling beers uh now clearly in the past because i've seen photos of this yes. online he didn't do it on the on a rising shows Enters but with a keg. yeah he has in the past walked to the ring with a keg <laughs> slung over his shoulder I, well i saw i went down a bit of a youtube rabbit hole with okay. him he uses it as a weapon of sometimes. course he does yeah okay just want to make sure How that was not? clear not only was he drinking a beer though he was also chomping on a, a fucking enormous stogie. Like the biggest cigar you've ever seen. Exactly, like a comedy prop cigar. <laughs> like something a mob boss from like a, a newspaper cartoon in the 60s Something smoked. like that Roger Rabbit would be smoking or whatever, you know? <laughs> it or looks the, like a the paper. baby. The baby <laughs> from Roger Rabbit is smoking this cigar. It looks like somebody took a paper towel roll and set the end on fire. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so I went down, the like I said, the YouTube rabbit hole with this guy. Mm-hmm. His, uh, to anybody listening, I highly highly recommend his, I guess, Titantron equivalent. His entrance video is available on YouTube. Yeah. It rules. It has a clip of him taking the keg, putting it in the middle of the ring, standing on it, and doing a senton off of the keg, <laughs> which is, I mean, what do you want? What now, more do you want? Now, I mentioned earlier in the show that I came home, and at the perfect moment that I got home, the main event was starting, which was right. a six-man tag, the Golden Lovers with um, uh, the guy who hits the package pile driver. It's with Chase Owens. There you go. Yeah, Chase Owens. Who I thought Chase Owens was very good in that match. You said that. I I don't know. He didn't as, stand out to me. As someone who for whom the storyline was right. that the Golden Lovers are going to be held out of this match because Chase Owens is going to be targeted and kept away from them and he's never able to tag in, I thought he did very, very well for someone who I was expecting to be, you know, kind of a plug. I I couldn't figure out why this wasn't a tag match, and you just have either Marty or Cody or Hangman like accompany them to the ring. Because that's the next night. That's the, I guess, yeah. We're, we're still teasing out tomorrow's main event, basically. Right, so you're getting the, the appetizer. I, I guess what I should say while I was watching this match, I was just sort of like, I'd be way more interested in this with less people. But like you say, Exactly, it's to whet your appetite for tomorrow and make you more excited to see the two-on-two tag match, which you know you're getting as the main event of night two. So what did you think of this match, the six-man headlining the first It night? was fun. And yeah. also, like, every single time that, like, 
Coda would come in to like break up something or whatever. You know, I, like any time that they teased any sort of, uh, you know, working together double team moves between uh, Kenny and Coda, I'm all about it. Like, yeah. I could, it could not have been more exciting for me. This match showed real in ring storytelling in like a different way. People, I think, often talk about like physicality for, for that. But this was, you were seeing the unfolding of mm-hmm. Kenny not having left Bullet Club, but reforming the Golden Lovers, certainly. You're seeing all these interactions play out, and it's I, I really enjoyed watching this. I wouldn't say as like a in-ring wrestling match it blew me away, but this flew by for me. I enjoyed the match. Now, when the match ended, Mike and I decided that let's go back to earlier in the card because you might not know this about Mike Noble. He is an extreme mark for the knife pervert, yeah, Jay White. Yeah, I, I do know this about him. He loves Jay White. I do. Uh, so we went back to watch the match that Jay White was in, which was the, another six-man tag where Jay White was teaming with uh, the best friends. Beretta and Chucky, Chuck Taylor, yeah. I think Chucky T and Ring of Honor. Yeah. And they were against Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, and Rasuki, So, Which was kind of a weird trio. Yeah. But Jay Lethal was awesome in the match, I thought, also. Lethal's I, an interesting case, man. I really enjoyed that match, that six-man. And after it was over, it was like, okay, we saw... We, we got what we wanted. Um, it's time for bed, you know? Like, yeah. it's late at night. It's fucking four in the morning. I saw the main event. I saw the knife pervert teaming with the best friends. <laughs> the I got everything pervert. that I wanted. My night is, like, ready to come to a close. Yes. But as I was preparing Uh-oh. to turn the television off. Go ahead. Suddenly, the beginning of Goto versus Beer City Bruiser starts. Yes. And I'm like, oh, what's this all about? <laughs> What? Who's this guy? Mm. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch this. And Mike and I both were expecting this to be a comedy squash match, right? I, I was expecting Goto versus Beer City to probably be about four minutes long. Yeah. So it's like I can definitely watch this before I go to bed. It's gonna be super short. Goto's a fucking badass. He's clearly just gonna squash this guy. Yep. I'm, I'm into it. And this match wound up being like 14 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a match, and it was good. It and, was pretty good. And Beer City was awesome. Yeah, uh, here's the thing. He, I did, don't, he did a running senton off the apron to the outside. That was nuts. That blew me away. Yeah, this guy's sentons in general, I'm getting the sense. I mean, heftier guys often look great doing a senton. Look to, you know, Joe, Tremont, Bray. Mm-hmm. They they all do them for or Owens. Like, there's a reason. He also threw his enormous cigar in Goto's <laughs> face. And then rubbed his face in the ashes of it on the floor afterwards. Well, here's the thing. How good of a wrestler does Beer City Bruiser need to be for me to love him? Not, Not that good. Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy is, is... I'm here for Beer City Bruiser. Like, do what you need to do, my guy. I'm self-identifying in part with just the fact that he's very much on screen in the first place. Now, one of the things I also really loved about him is the fact that commentary refers to him... As Beer City, as if that is his first name. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, this happens in the UFC, too. There's a guy named Big Country Roy Nelson. Yeah. Or Roy Big Country Nelson. And Mike Goldberg used to refer to him as, like, Country gets the takedown. Yeah. <laughs> Beer City's back on his feet here. It's like, <laughs> what? What? It's like, this is not his That's name. That's not a name? But again, um, I love it. I think it's super great. So let's skip forward to night two. Okay, night two. Where, uh, on, after night one, I tweet out on the Top Marks account, Beer City Bruiser is my new favorite wrestler. This yeah. is, he stole the show. He's a fan and of And he now. retweets this. Yep. And then I sit down to watch Night 2. And what do I see? 
<laughs> the Ring of Honor World Title match, which was scheduled to take place between Dalton Castle and Trent Beretta, no, instead sir. is now a three-way for the world title because Beer City inserted himself into it. And it was like, I just dreamed this that's, match into reality. That's the top marks rub, baby. I got exactly what I wanted. And obviously this happened because Beretta is injured and he couldn't work the match that they yeah. wanted to work. Um, but I, I didn't feel like we lost a ton out of that because I felt like Dalton Castle... And Beer City still worked an awesome match. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm sort of. I feel like I'm becoming a bit of a Don, Donald Dalton Castle detractor. Okay. Um, but I loved this match and like, the finish oh, for him to do a deadlift I, I bridging suplex. Yeah. On, on a fucking elephant of a man. <laughs> Was amazing. Yeah, Castle's strong as shit. He does those gut wrenches on dude. The I mean, Riddle's not a giant guy, but they, mm-hmm. they have some great ones. Um, but yeah, I thought this was pretty good actually. Like, I don't know if it's just because like I think you and I now share a love for Beer City Bruiser. Uh, but anybody nice. who retweets me, I'm gonna be like, oh, that he didn't guy. follow us though. No, he didn't. I was disappointed. I bet we could get him on the show. I hope so. I think that look out for that in yeah, future episode. That's a that's a real that's a goal. That's a stretch goal of this podcast uh, now. Before we talk about the main event, just I just this is a little off topic, but I want to ask what you think of the best friends, uh, Trent and, and uh, Chuck Taylor. I'm not super familiar, honestly. Okay, I yeah. know more about them from like their online comedy presence, sure, as yeah, like, like funny tweeters than yeah. I do about their matches, which is why I was inclined to go back and watch that six man tag match on night one in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I was impressed. I liked, like, and then w- I was watching old NXTs, and Trent Beretta of appeared on yeah. old NXTs, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Hello. Like, yeah, look at this guy. Weird, eh? Uh, yeah, like we talked about before, old NXT is like WWE Muppet Babies, basically. <laughs> I love that comparison. It's great. They were on the, the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view that I watched against the Motor City Machine Guns, and I, I don't know. I don't really like them. No? Maybe it's just because I feel like they're uh, gimmick infringing on the hashtag good friends, but... Yeah, it's true. I, I don't know. I just don't... And I, I feel like both those guys are charismatic and funny and pretty good wrestlers, so I don't know what it is, but I just don't like the act very much. I'm, I'm not familiar enough, but we're sure. running out of time here. Yeah, let's talk, talk about, about the main, main event. event. Golden Lovers versus Cody and Marty. It was great. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. Now, this is probably right, going to lead to... Uh, Kenny versus uh, Marty one-on-one match at some point. Gotta be. Um, which I, I'm super into. Yeah. Oh. And also, like, it's too bad that the Hardy Boys have already coined poetry in motion. Oh. Because that is what the Golden Lovers feel like yeah. to me. When you watch those two guys do double-team moves where they are fully in sync, Yeah. It is, it's, it's remarkable. There's, like, nothing else like it, not just in wrestling, but, like, in all of sports. It is such an incredible, like, it's one of those things where it's like, of course wrestling is planned and everything's a routine, but when you see guys do things like that together at the same time to, like, the flipping moonsaults at opposite ring posts. and So cool. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, they kind of... It feels like poetry. They really feel like they're, they're something special anytime those guys are interacting. Now, a lot of that is obviously the build and we're marks and whatnot, so we're buying in. But, but like, what they do and what, like... The, the level that they push each other to get to. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, you cannot look at that and not say that, like, wrestling is an art. Did you watch the New Japan documentary on them? I did not. I just got New Japan World this week, and I'm going to watch it. But I watched the Showbuckle video, which I'd highly recommend for any of you. Uh, YouTube, Showbuckle Golden Lovers, is a 20-minute video about their story and sort of just how seriously they present 
uh, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega as guys who train together and like know each other's move sets, and they are a, a seamless tag team. Something I think that only really the Revival talk about. There's one spot in particular that I really want to touch on Please. here, and it was early in the match. Kenny did a springboard uh, oh, forearm yeah. to the outside into the crowd Insane. to get Cody that was like, I gasped. It yeah. was incredible. Of course, Golden Lovers win this mm-hmm. with the uh, double trigger, the golden trigger. The golden trigger. To Marty for the, for the pinfall. And afterwards, during the promo, they refer to themselves as the best tag team in the world, which drew the ire of the Young Bucks. Ah. And we are getting that match at Long Beach. I, I Actually, I truthfully told, I couldn't be any more interested in the Golden Lovers at this point. Like, I am, I'm fully in. They are the best thing in all of wrestling. <laughs> And I don't feel like that's an exaggeration, honestly. I mean, I I don't know if they are for me, but they're they're awesome. They're yeah. amazing. Um, Justin, are you ready for uh, what what has come to be known, at least by you and I, as the people segment? I couldn't be more ready. It's time for Sunday Night Tweet. Now, Josh, is there anything special about this edition of Sunday Night Tweet? I'm so glad you asked, Justin, because you, like I, uh, you know, uh, we, we love things, we love people, and in this case, we love women, and March is uh, Women's History Month, so I did an all-female version of Sunday Night Tweet. Okay, I feel like I have a better chance here. Yeah, because definitely. Because you've really limited the roster. It, I really have. So for those of you who may not listen before, because as we know, every episode is somebody's first and, and last. And last episode of listening to Top Marks. How Sunday Night Tweet works is every week I, Josh Custodio, scour Twitter.com looking for the uh, WWE active roster. And I look at their Twitter accounts and I, I sort of look for tweets that stand out to me in some way. Maybe they're funny or weird or they're interacting in a different way. So this week I went to five females on the roster and I'm about to read the tweets to you. Do you understand, Justin? I do, yes. Carry on. Justin, tweet number one. I hate fake people. I hate Fake people. So this is somebody who hates fake people, Justin. And this is a woman. Correct. Either on SmackDown Live, Raw, or NXT. Correct. Uh, I'm going to give you a little hint here. Not a hint, but I'm going to help you help you get there. Mm-hmm. What What is the opposite of fake? Who is someone who would really hate fake? Uh, someone who's legit. Wow, you, you got that pretty quickly. <laughs> Perhaps the legit boss herself, Sasha Banks? Justin, it! Is the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Now, if you hadn't given me a hint, I was going to guess Liv Morgan. Because, oh. because she uh, was dating a pretty fake person for a little while there. Right. Uh, uh, I can't we're, not, we're not even going to mention his name because he is he who shall not be named. Yeah, let's not even talk about Enzo. I'm yeah. Let's not even say the idiots. Yeah. Let's yeah. just... they The two of them, they shared some amore for a little while there. That's right. Yeah, no I, longer because he turned out to be a fake person that she hates. So yeah. That's what I was thinking. But the legit boss would, of course, hate fake people too, including perhaps Bailey, who... Says she's a good friend, but then hops off the apron. What's that all about? That does seem like a fake friend thing to do, <laughs> Justin. Let me move on to tweet number two this week where it says, Try direct eye contact. It does wonders. This is not in reply to anybody. This is uh, this is just a tweet tweeted out by a lovely lady on the active WWE roster. I'm, I'm a little nervous here because usually tweet number two is a special slot that is reserved for one of two people. And one of those people is a lady, so it could be her. Right. But there's nothing about that tweet that has a kind of southern drawl to oh, it. Oh, I see what you're, you're getting at here. Yeah, so just from history alone, I feel compelled to guess Sarah Logan. But I also don't think that this is her tweet, so I don't know what to do. So who who else would you think it is if you didn't go with with uh, Miss Sarah Logan? Try direct eye contact. Yeah, I mean, 
nobody really wants to look at Asuka because it's one of those things where it's like if you stare directly at an animal, it might feel compelled to attack you. <laughs> right. You know, And like, nobody's ready to, for Asuka, so nobody's ready to stare at Asuka either. Certainly, yeah. Um, but you know what? I feel like there would be like more emojis if it was an Asuka tweet. No, it's on a clown face. So, Which I think is great. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with Sarah Logan. Yeehaw, Justin! It is Sarah Logan. Now, I tweeted positively about her, like, sexy Amelia oh, yeah, Earhart what the fuck was Halloween that? costume <laughs> that she was wearing this week. Because, like, I, I feel like she was trying to be, like, a trapper. But what's, it what's definitely tra- looked like Amelia Earhart. Yes, you, you called her sexy Amelia Earhart, and uh, I replied on my personal yes. account. I said I am extremely here for it, which, like, you replied thinking that I was extremely horned up for Sarah Logan. <laughs> I did get that sense. Which, uh, maybe I was a little bit. But, <laughs> but I meant it more as a joke yeah. on, on, like, the sexy Halloween costume yeah. nature of what she was wearing. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I totally get that. Okay, perfect. It's like, yeah, it's sexy cat or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I gotcha. Justin, tweet number three this week. You're two for two. I know. I'm doing great. Uh, I don't like your chances at this one, though, Justin. Uh-oh. Uh, this tweet just says, I'm smart with no punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> no apostrophe in the I'm? No apostrophe in the I'm. The I is capitalized. Okay. I'm smart. I'm smart. Yeah. So who's someone who you would say is uh, smart? Is smart. <laughs> oh, my God. And this could be on the NXT roster as well. Uh, it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a hint on this one. It's not NXT. This is somebody on the Raw or okay, SmackDown okay. roster. Main roster. Main yeah. roster. Right. Someone who's smart. Someone who's smart. Someone who went in with a strategy, perhaps, into the Elimination Chamber uh, mm. by by having a friend in there that they wanted to work together with. Because I don't know if you picked up on this, Josh, but <laughs> they were... Six women in the match. No, Justin, I'm pretty sure it was and, just six people. And there's three pairs of friends in there. No, you must be thinking of something else because the elimination chamber is every woman for themselves. Three of three of the pairs <laughs> are going to work together, and which pair was going to dissolve? Justin, who is smart? Ah, uh, Mandy Rose. Justin, not only is she a giant idiot, it is not Mandy oh, Rose. Oh no, it's Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's like a that's a tweet that a child would write i'm smart yeah <laughs> and she's defending her strategy of jumping off the apron i don't and know what the, the fuck this tweet was yeah it's a, it's a weird one that seems like a pocket tweet except for there's words in it. <laughs> just a tweet number four this week is great um this is a tweet uh a part of an ongoing series where this person's significant other had taken over their twitter account but you didn't know it and this is the reveal where it just says sorry guys hijack life LOL, and it's a picture of this woman's significant other. Um, I'm going to guess that the man who hijacked the account is TJ Wilson, Tyson okay. Kid, and that it's Natalia's account. Justin, you're going to kick yourself for this one because it was right there in front of you. LOL, it's Lana Online. Oh, Lana Online. <laughs> Fuck, I should have known from the LOL. And, the, and a picture of, of Handsome Rusev. Rusev. Fuck, I should have known. It's been so long since we've had Lana Online. I only put her in if she ends a tweeted LOL, oh, so, which isn't that often. But I check her every week okay. to see. Uh, so sorry, guys. Hijack life. LOL. Uh, you told me a while back that there was a, a giveaway in Sunday Night Tweet that I hadn't picked up on that's yet. That's the one. Maybe that's it. That's there. Oh, damn it. Now it's you out. You revealed it. LOL. The magician's secrets are out in the open for all to know. Justin, you know what goes in the fifth slot of Sunday Night Tweet. It's my favorite tweet of the week. It is, yeah. Are you excited? I am. I'm just going to read this one exactly as written. Verbatim, perhaps. 
This isn't Scottish Supernova. Oh, okay. Fun fact. When I got signed to WWE in 2003, the first car I bought was a black hashtag Trans Am, just like hashtag the bandit, and it was hashtag badass. Now I see the new one is released called the hashtag bandit, signed by hashtag Bert. Figured since we're pretty much besties, I'm full circle, and it's all clearly a must. Um, signed in 2003, <laughs> I feel like this has to be Mickey James. Justin, it is Mickey James. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> like, even in the men's side, it's like Randy Orton, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. Randy Orton would have been on TV at that point, though, so he wouldn't be signed. Uh, Mickey James does not show her age in any way except usage of hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, it's time for round number three. Round three. Fight. <laughs> Justin, you know me. I don't give a damn about my reputation. You're you're living in the past. Exactly. That's why you did not have any sort of hesitation about doing all those edibles before we recorded bonus marks. <laughs> that my reputation is completely in line with a mm. guy who was on mm. edibles watching wrestling. You've noticed that I have not promoted the tweet for bonus marks about how have you we not did edibles? <laughs> no, I have a professional reputation to maintain here. Justin, I work a way more professional job. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, sure you do, probably. <laughs> If, if my work found my Twitter account, I'd be fired. Okay. For sure. Well, my work knows my Twitter account very well, and I do not want to be like, hey, guys, I did this podcast where I got really fucking high on a peanut butter cup. What if they listen to this? I don't know. I don't think they do. To be clear, he means a sugar high from a Reese's peanut butter uh, no, cup. No, I was really high on a peanut butter cup in that... Peanut butter cups are my favorite chocolate bar. They are the best chocolate bar. And so I was very high on it in that I could not rank it any better. Correct. And then the one I ate had, uh, quote unquote, marijuana in it. Yeah. And when I said edibles, I meant uh, that it was a thing you could eat. <laughs> okay, Justin. <laughs> peanut butter cup is. With that disclaimer out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Justin, Ronda Rousey uh, was on Monday Night Raw this week unadvertised. I want to talk about that choice before we get into anything else. I felt like it was obvious she was going to be on it, though. Last time you thought that, she wasn't, though. That's true. Um, See, I had the exact inverse where I didn't think she was going to be before, and I still didn't think she was going to be, and so I was happily surprised to see her pop up at the the end of Raw this week. Yeah, we didn't talk about the segment from the pay-per-view either when we did our pay-per-view rundown. Um, right, and it was on kinda, purpose. It was kind of awkward for for the bulk of it, and then the it promo w- wasn't good. But at the end, it was great. It was awesome. So here's what we know about Ronda Rousey just from Elimination Chamber. Let's start there before we dissect the Raw thing separately. But I think at Elimination Chamber, you're like, okay, she's a nervous person who maybe isn't the best at talking, but has outstanding body language and facials, and you completely mm-hmm. buy her as a threat who's on the edge of of kicking ass. Right, mm-hmm. like the, these are her strengths. Um, which is truthfully what her strengths were in MMA, too, when she was in the UFC. Not like an outstanding promo, but you just buy her as a legitimate badass, which WWE does need. Can I take a minute here to complain, Justin? You certainly may. I saw a lot of people when the Raw ratings come out this week. They're like, look at this. Raw's down from the gauntlet la- match last week. Ronda doesn't move the ratings. Just another guy on the roster. You bonehead. You absolute idiot if you think this. She wasn't advertised. How is she going to affect ratings if she is not advertised? I, I just I was frustrated by seeing that and had to get that out there. No, you're I agree with that. Um but but on Chamber 
I tweeted out from the Top Marks account as it's happening. I, I said, who's worse, CM Punk and MMA or Ronda at pro wrestling? Because I, I thought when she was talking there at the beginning of Elimination Chamber, I thought that was horrible. That's fair. Uh, what did you think watching uh, the pay-per-view? I, it, yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of a cringe segment to start. Yeah. But then once uh, Drunk Uncle Kurt came out, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, I like, fully agree. He, he really... He really saved it, and just kind of to introduce that element of like they want to punish you for what happened two years ago, right? Which like we all know that that this is heading to a mixed tag match at WrestleMania. We all know that. Do you think that's the mixed tag? It's Kurt the, and her. That it's Kurt. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. At this point, given that that's been the build for two consecutive days over the past week, dude. As a match, that seems tumultuous as shit. Yeah, but I, you know, we all we wanted Braun in that spot. Uh, if only for, oh. the, for the Bronda pun. Um, I am here for that. And because Triple H and Braun have a natural feud. Yeah, wait, feud, why can't that happen? I just feel like that removes the stakes of the match in some ways because I don't doubt at any point that Braun is going to clean house and win that match. You know? But won't Ronda do that? I guess. Like, it's sort of an inevitability that those whoever's on that team is winning, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. And Ronda's probably going to make Stephanie McMahon tap or whatever in the end. That's fair, but I just think that the... Kurt Triple H tandem is more evenly matched mm, ultimately right. that you can milk better drama out of it than a team of Braun and Ronda which seems so ridiculously overpowered yeah, that there's that's really fair. no opportunity for me to buy into the dramatic stakes. Well, as much It'd as be the, a fun thrill though. Yeah, and, and as much as there were seeds planted for Braun and Triple H, mm-hmm. Kurt has a lot more reason to want to kick Triple H's ass right now than Braun does. That's true. I just also think that Braun is your top star that you're building at the moment and to put him in what is going to be your most publicized match yeah. is a bigger benefit probably to building this guy as the future of your company. Yeah, actually that, you just kind of convinced me just with that, I kind of feel like it should be Braun just for that reason. Yeah. That seems like great rub for Braun, uh, a guy who right now does feel like the hardcore wrestling fan base is behind him, but he has no crossover to the mainstream yet, and I'm excited to see that happen. I don't think I don't think that's true because okay. every time Braun does something that's like hugely gifable, like for example, example flipping an ambulance or smashing the the stand up bass over Elias, right? Like, those moments do catch with what I can only refer to as normie Twitter. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'll i definitely concede that, too. I guess I just he doesn't get the, the mainstream attention that a Brock Lesnar does if he's going to be the heir apparent to that role that, yet. That's true. And but, getting him to that spot is important, I but, think. But I don't feel like he is the heir apparent to that role. No, In fact, I right. do feel like the heir apparent to that role is Ronda. Yeah. Because, let me tell you, look, I plug it on this show every week. We watch Raw at the bar every Monday. Yeah, at Commercial and Gravely? Yes, the penny. Yeah. And, um... I only had one person who came in specifically for Raw this week, uh, and it was very nice that he popped in and yeah. came by for the show. But I did have a bunch of people look. Was he uh, a listener? Yeah, I think so. Rich Marinsky. He, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a real good, yep. anyways. Uh, and he's an old friend of mine from high school. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 for for Raw, I do something that we typically only do for enormous sporting events like the Super Bowl, and Which that is? is I pull down the projector screen and I turn on the projector and we put it up on the big screen, nice. and people can line up at all the tables. No matter where you're sitting in the bar, you get a good view of the show. Okay, yeah, commercials over. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah. because. There were a ton of people in the bar in there who were there not for Raw, but just to have drinks. And they weren't paying attention to most of the show 
until the final segment of the really? show when Rhonda came out and we had the continuation of the confrontation from the night before. And people were into Rhonda. The whole bar was glued to the screen. And not huh. and I've said that before for like, you know, Asuka, where there's kind of an appeal of like, what's going on here? I sure. gotta see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not only were people glued to the screen, there were like audible reactions. It felt everything about it felt big. So That's not so only sweet. people were watching, they were like emotionally invested in it, whether they had come in to watch the show or, or not. not. That's, and that's that's like, what WWE needs. That is the biggest crossover appeal you could possibly have. Oh yeah, and she is a uh, a, a superstar even removed from Raw. Like you know, like, oh yeah, she's she does not she does not need wrestling. Yeah, I mean she kind of does in that like acting's not really her forte, and she's done it as an MMA fighter. Yeah. So she needs something, and this is it, and it's a fit for both of them. Both parties are getting what they want out of this. Yeah, I, I think there's reason to be optimistic about Ronda at this point. Uh, I, you know, everything else is going to have to come along, but I, I think there's reason for optimism. Justin, do you think we should maybe go short on this round? Because I know you have to go to work shortly. Well, there's a couple more things that I want to talk just, about with Ronda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do appreciate you saying that, Kay. though. Uh, and that is that, essentially, I, I am concerned... Like we, I read something on Monday in the Cage Side Seats Rumor Roundup, which I read every Monday or Rumor e- has it. every single night, basically, when it comes out at 11 o'clock Eastern or Western Time, Pacific Time. <laughs> uh, not to plug them, because they don't need my help. Uh, but I read on Monday after Raw that essentially WWE's plan for Ronda over the next year is to have Stephanie be the Vince to Ronda's Stone Cold. And that sort of feels obvious in some ways when you look at what they're doing right now. But I also think that's good. because Because I do think... That's why I put Stephanie McMahon working as many matches as Shane in Keep Her Kicking earlier. Because because now, like, she... Like, she's the the perfect person for Ronda to work with. And it's good for her, too, because what is the biggest complaint that we always have about Stephanie McMahon? She never gets her comeuppance. Exactly, because yeah. there's no one who can lay a hand on her without it feeling like misogyny. Right. Ronda can do that. That's true. Technically, like, Sasha could do that, too. But, like, they're not going to put get her what you're in saying, that though. I get what you're saying. If they were saving up the Steph comeuppance to be a big moment, Ronda is the time to cash in that ship. And you could milk this feud for a year or, or like, a you, like this could go on and on and on, and not if she taps her out at Mania, though. I mean, Stephanie would have to become more creative and do and bring people in yeah. to her side. You know, like Naya use Nia as a weapon, essentially. But what I don't want to see for the next year is Ronda elevated at the top of the women's card on Raw at the expense of everyone else. Correct. I do not want to see Ronda making Sasha tap or Ronda making Bailey tap. For like the next year. I want to be clear. I'm okay potentially with both of those situations, but it's how those things happen. If Ronda is just dominating, like a Bro- if it's a Brock Lesnar thing where it's just like presented as she is way above the rest of the division, I don't want it. I am sick of Brock right now for that reason. Mm-hmm. But if Ronda has long competitive matches that are good and the other girls can get her to great matches and they just want to book her as a dominant champ, I am okay with that. Because that would make Ronda basically the Roman of women. Right. Because what the biggest thing about Roman is like not that he's bad, though maybe he was when the push started. He certainly evolved quite a bit. Yeah. It's that he was being pushed at the expense of 
everyone else. That's right. The yeah. people that people actually like. Sacrifice the whole show. You remember? You'll remember the fast lane where Daniel Bryan like raises. Yeah, and it's like he he beat me, which means he gets to have all my fans now. Yeah, you're the real yes movement, Roman. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like. I don't want to see Ronda get pushed at the cheapening of someone like Sasha, who is a natural star in her sure. own right. I don't want you know these women that we've been invested in for the last several years and their rise to NXT and now in the main roster to feel like jobbers, basically, because we know that they're not going to beat Ronda. Does Ronda beat Asuka's streak? Probably. Yeah. It, I mean... I would stay away from that as long as possible, which is why I'm kind of surprised it doesn't look like they're moving Oscar over to SmackDown right now. I I think that's your your SummerSlam program probably. Really? Yeah. I would I would try to milk that for about a year if I could. But you still have Charlotte to go to. I guess and so. There's, there's there's places to go. But I guess so. But I really though they should be able to stretch this Stephanie thing for quite a while because it's like an authority figure against a person who is above authority. The problem is Stephanie McMahon isn't good at wrestling either. Like if you want to make bad, she is bad. I don't know the the match she had with like Nikki at SummerSlam or whenever that, that was, was Brie, with Brie. Yeah, I thought that was good. It wasn't bad. I agree that it wasn't bad, but I don't feel like if you want to make Ronda in the context sp- of what women's wrestling is right now in WWE versus what it was at that's, the time, that's yeah. probably what it is. Because when I saw that match, I was like, that was pretty good. But if that was on a, a match, it was that that was on a card that followed like. Sasha versus Bailey was also on that card. You'd be like, that was very <laughs> oh, bad. That was awful. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is, if you you want to introduce Ronda as somebody who is competent and you want to see her having good matches, and Stephanie McMahon can't carry her to a great match, you, you put Ronda. Now I don't want. I'm not saying hot shot if she was Charlotte or anything. Mm-hmm. But if you needed Ronda to look good, it's going to happen with Charlotte, not with Stephanie McMahon. I just think there's a dynamic here which was touched on a little bit on Raw that is like good fodder for a long-term feud, yeah. which is, you don't own me. Yeah. Whereas, like... I'm no one's property, ev- I think, the line. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Everybody else, like, you know, ultimately... I mean, it, it's fucking... It's Heath Slater's gimmick explicitly. <laughs> I need this job. <laughs> Someone you know? else said it on Kurt, the show, Kurt too. said that. Was it? Okay. That's why he apologized, was I need to keep my job, and I'm sorry I lied. I'm, I'm, I have double pneumonia. I have double, double oh, right. pneumonia. Double pneumonia. Uh, which, whatever that means. I was Awful. actually really disappointed that Kurt didn't get back on the mic at the end of the show and said, everything that I said last night... It's true. It's, it's damn, damn true. true. It felt like that was the natural ending, and instead they just left it hanging for next week, I guess. But regardless, like everybody else on the show, men or women, they need the job. They cannot question authority like that. Yeah. Rhonda does not need this job. That is interesting. And that right. is a power dynamic that is completely unexplored within the contemporary setting of, of wrestling. Like, yeah. it is the stone cold dynamic, you know? like That's a great point, actually, that she is a that like she doesn't need this she's here to yeah that is that she's here to raise hell yeah like it's it's perfect rousey 316 yeah and i could see that like i would be interested in tuning in to watch that every week for like a year you know like if i if i consistently know that ronda's gonna come in and raise hell stone cold style I'm fucking all the way in on that. Okay, I I just feel like there's a giant. We've the talking we've seen her do is leads me to not believe she can come in and raise Hellstone Cold style. But at the same time, she's not gonna come out and whoop up the, the crowd. At the same time, they can book her in such a way that her actions speak louder than her words. Yes, and that's, that and that's what's needed. Definitely, uh, she needs to be a brawn who yeah. shows up 
says a couple words, causes some shit. Giffable moments. Exactly. I, I really think that's the, the Ronda role. And like you say, getting puppets with over Steph might be a great start. Exactly. So, you know, there's 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 hope here. And I think, like, her greenness can can work in a program with Stephanie where, like, the wrestling is less important than the the personal conflict and turmoil. That wasn't quite 15 minutes, but I feel like you ran out of things to say. It's five seconds shy. No, that's fine. I was going to start a sentence at 1455. What am I going to say? That's true. Fair. Hey, Justin, just, actually, one last just, thing. It could have just been like, you know what, JMO? I got to say, you're right. There's time for that, probably. You know what else there's time for, Justin? It's time for us to jump into the mailbag. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's let's get through these. We got, I mean, some of the best questions ever this week. These are amazing questions. Yeah, we're going to burn through these things. i got to leave for work in like 10 minutes. Here we go. Uh, this first question comes to us from at Fake Kane on Twitter. That's Tank E, and he asks, The other day I was watching an old Eddie versus Six ladder match. As Six climbed the ladder, Bischoff hollered, Do it for Allison Chains! What would each good friend yell for the other to do it for as they climb the ladder? So you're encouraging me, I encourage you. Yeah, and I told you that I had an immediate answer for this. It felt so obvious to me, and you were like, I have no idea what it could possibly be. Well, I, I don't know if you're going sentimental or funny. Do it for Sandman. Do it for Sandman. I feel like that would nothing would inspire you more yeah. in life yeah. than, being, than knowing like if you did something good, Sandman would be proud of you. He is like... The only father figure I have never gotten approval from. <laughs> My old man loves me. Sandman doesn't even know I exist. Exactly. Well, mine is a, a take on that. I feel bad. Yours, I was going to say, do it for Daniel Bryan. Hell yeah. Because he... Because he can't do it himself exactly. anymore. Because that would like trigger in your brain that you're the avatar for D. Bryan. You've got to do it for him. Yeah, no, I love it. Okay, great. I love it. Okay, we got a question here. In fact, two people sent in a question similar to this this yeah. week. Uh, Scoots Brodo as well, but this one comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at Buffer OC, and he writes, Athletes from other sports you think would make top-notch performers for a promotion. Well, every time it's been teased, I think Shaq would actually be really good. There's that photo of him with him and Brock Lesnar backstage at a mania, and he makes Brock look like an infant. We know he's super funny. Super funny, super charismatic, huge and athletic. I think there was reason to think Shaq could have been something for them, so I'll say Shaq. What was the name of the football player who was on Slammiversary last year? D'Angelo Williams? Oh! Was that yeah, his what, name? I know who you're talking about. I forget his name. He was awesome. What he happened to him? He was incredible. I don't know why he didn't become a wrestler. Yeah. That it, guy was insane, and he'd only trained for three days before that Dude, match. I completely forgot about this. But what happened to him? I have no idea. He just decided that that was a one-off, and he didn't want to make it his career, which is a huge mistake. Okay, I'm going to look into this, and I'll message you when you're at work. Okay, please. well, that's not my pick. I'm okay. going to go with kind of a cheat pick whenever someone's like, uh, pick a multi-sport athlete, some, an athlete from a Gil different again? sport. <laughs> yeah, Gil's going to come back. I can't even remember what the Gil voice is anymore. Uh, 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 um, pick a multi... No, that's not Gil. Yeah, I'll find well, Gil. Gil will be back next week. I don't think he needs to. <laughs> he's, he's okay. He's enough shine for Gil. Regardless, it's a common question of, like, pick an athlete to play a different sport. Sure. The number one overall choice is always LeBron James. Right. Because not only is LeBron a physical freak, I think, like, he's mentally intelligent in that he knows how to use his body yeah. in ways that... N other people do not. Yep. And that intelligence transfers from sport to sport. Also, like, he is the most gifted athlete maybe of all time. Also charismatic and, like, genuinely intimidating. Like, and also a thoughtful person. Definitely. Yeah, I think So I think he'd be great at everything. I'm with you, J-Mo. I don't think there's anything LeBron couldn't do. I'd vote LeBron for president if I was American. Who would you vote for between LeBron and The Rock for president? LeBron. Rock for me. The Rock is, like, secretly Republican, though, so I wouldn't vote for him. 
I, I wouldn't be able to say no. He could be like, we're banning Portuguese Canadians from Earth. If you smell. And I'd be like, yeah, Rocky, Rocky. Uh, just our next question comes to us from our guy. Lebron's at Loren- looking out for the common man. Though. He really is. He's the black Bernie. Uh, at Lorenzo Meow, it's our guy, Doug Crap. And Doug asks, what's the first WrestleMania that's actually good? And it's WrestleMania 5. I feel like that's the craziest thing I've ever said on this show, and we just completely blew past I it. I laughed at it. LeBron's the black birdie. I was trying to let you off the hook. Uh, that's fine. No, the first WrestleMania that's actually good is probably WrestleMania 3, which is the WrestleMania that I wanted to watch. <laughs> and you were like, no, let's watch 5. And I was like, all right. Well, I'd see you to 3. Well, yeah, and you knew it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, WrestleMania 3, Doug. Uh, Justin, you want to hit me with a little question? <laughs> this one comes to us from the Borgman Superfan, Blair Pacheco. And he asks, if you were to create an RPG-style video game using wrestlers, who would be the main characters, special powers, and what would the general storyline be? Justin is a man who loves video games and wrestling. I feel like these are good questions for us. This is uh, yeah. something we'll do. Yeah. I, I had a long time in my car today driving uh, back from Chilliwack. And so I, you really thought about this a lot. I thought about this one. Okay. Can I give my pitch? Absolutely. It's called Foley's Follies. You start the game as Mick Foley uh, mm-hmm. in a counseling session. No, no, no. I feel like you should start the game... Like the way Pokemon starts, where you're in your bedroom <laughs> and and you're Mrs. Foley's baby boy. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, so you're, but eventually you get to where you're Mick Foley in counseling because you've had this career. It starts as your old man Foley. And you have damaged. to begin as Mrs. Foley's baby boy, though. I agree. You do the prologue, yeah. relearn the controls exactly. as Mrs. Foley's exactly. baby boy. Exactly. I picked up what you're putting. Earthbound does it. Yeah. Um, uh, you were in a counseling session, and you are the game keeps coming back to this sort of like an evil within thing, and you're going through this counseling session of all this devious stuff you did. But it's an RPG, a turn-based game where you're fighting Foley's old memories as him, but you slowly recruit each of his um, versions, if you like, into a traditional JRPG party. And that's how you start with the thing in waking up in your in your childhood bedroom, because the first question from a counselor would be like. Tell me about your mother. Yeah, tell me about your mother. It's exactly. perfect. Wow, that's there a great tie-in. So Dude Love is your healer. Uh, your caster is definitely Mankind. And uh, um, Cactus Jack is like your DPS brawler. It's perfect. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I, I was think, trying to think of a game as well, and I wanted CM Punk to be the main character of it. Oh, yeah. But all I could come up with was like ideas for like a, uh, a like Double Dragon style, like side-scrolling oh, yeah. beat-em-up, which is not an uh, RPG at all. But just like best CM, in the beard, yeah. CM Punk like going through the streets, fighting drunks and drug addicts. Dude, this game is great. Yeah, exactly. There's other Kenny Omega's also straight edge, and like Ryback is a uh, one of the main villains, and like you know. Oh my god, I think we did good here. I want to play both of these. Exactly. I think I read the last one, so this. Is oh, okay. Mind. This one comes to us from at Fruits Are Edible, and he asks. You're forming a stable based off of Ness Hockey's skinny, normal, and large character selection system. What's your breakdown of four wrestlers look like, and why will you beat your hashtag good friend? Uh, okay, I'm going four fats. Oh, really? Braun, Brock, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Vader. Oh, did it ask you to pick the wrestlers themselves also? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm going four giant men because uh, in wrestling – Nothing stands up better than just being large at the end of the day. All right, I'm going to go with four skinnies then. Okay. Because my quickness is going to beat you. I don't know if you've watched wrestling before, but okay. 
<laughs> I don't know, bud. Yeah, you're thinking uh, Drew Gulak's got something from no, Rod Strowman? No, I think Kenny Omega is going to... Oh, he's not a skinny. He's what? a normal. What? He's a normal. Skinnies are cruiserweights. Yeah, I feel like Kenny was a junior heavyweight. Kenny's a bigger dude but than he, anyone at 205 Live. Fine, fair. All right. I guess I'm going with two skinnies and two normals. Go then. ahead. Actually, <laughs> actually <laughs> you're stuck. No, nah, I'm going to go with three normals and one skinny. Okay, go ahead. Because I have a feeling that you're going to tell me that all these guys are normals. Okay. Um, and they are. Go ahead. Kenny Omega. Great. AJ Styles. Hell yeah. Seth Rollins. Ooh. And Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor might be a skinny. Yeah. Because uh, he could be on 205. Yeah. That's a man. That's a in-ring talent. And rich that team. quickness is going to beat all your giants. Oh, you think they could actually beat my <laughs> just <laughs> Brock stacks all four of them and hits an F five. No, On to the next no question. Way, bud. No way, bud. This one comes to us from we our. We get a phenomenal forearm into a V trigger and Brock's dead. But I think we saw how a phenomenal forearm works on Brock. Uh, it comes to us from our favorite listener, Scoots Brodo, and he asks. Wait, I, I no look. He, look, I got I got the move sequence all figured out. Go all right. Ahead, go it ahead. starts with the revolution knee. Okay. Into a phenomenal forearm. Okay. Into a V trigger. Yep. Into a coup de gras. I love Brock's it. not getting up. I think we just saw Braun kick out from four finishers on Sunday. That yeah, was stronger well, in kayfabe than those. Braun is stronger than Brock is. So you'll also note that you didn't even pick Seth Rollins' finisher, just his signature. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just picked a f- uh, nice little sequence there. Why not have him stomp him to the ground? Then the curb stomp comes. It I seems guess, so natural. I guess. I don't well, know. It felt like the coup de grace would be the final one of the four. No, I agree. He curb stomps him. Boom. And Finn's already on the turnbuckle. Hits him after the curb stomp. Yeah, I guess that works. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> our favorite Both listener, again. Scoots Brodo, who, again, just changes his name when he knows we're Is recording. Is he your favorite listener? No. <laughs> I mean. Wow. He's not, he's not not my favorite listener. No, you said no. I'm just saying that this is a wow. self-appointed title. Why do you hate him so much? Guy offered to buy us dinner. I love Scoots. He offered to buy us dinner. I love Scoots. He's a good dude. Didn't sound that way. (laughs) (laughs) Is he your favorite listener? You're going to choose not to answer. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is my favorite. Exactly. Like children or something. Exactly. Because if I I pick him, then everybody else is going to feel slighted. I remember doing an interview a couple years back. They're like, what's your favorite song on the album? And Brian was like, oh, they're all like children to me. And I was like, secret smiles. (laughs) (laughs) Scoots Brotto asks, would you please rank all current on-screen WWE authority figures of of all four shows, by who would make the best roommate? So Angle, Stephanie, Shane, Daniel, and Shane, Daniel, and William Regal, and <laughs> no, he said four of all four shows though, and William Regal. Oh God, Kate Regal, and also uh, Spud, Maverick, Rockstar yeah, Spud, Drake Maverick. Okay, I think Shane's the best. I think Shane's the worst. Okay, so we differ very strong. You think Shane's worse than Stephanie? Mm, as a roommate. Dude, don't you remember like the Mean Street Posse? Shane is just like a rich dude who's like, I want to buy boats and nice cars and hang out. I get, yeah, I guess that'd be I fun. feel like if I'm getting their lifestyle. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. I just like, I, I'm assuming that his question is like, you're still living in your current place. Oh, they move in with me? Yeah. Okay, Daniel Bryan's best then, right? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, Bryan, I think Drake Maverick would be fun. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's kind of like vivacious. He probably wants to go out and get liquored like, up. I'm so proud to have made this apartment so wonderful since I got here. Yeah, that's yeah. Maybe it's not so good. Yeah, but. no, he's always talking about how 
When I came in here, Joshua. Yeah, that's true. Never. I'm you were a big mess. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. Get that. your act together, All right, Chris. Enough. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm actually gonna put Regal in this spot. I'm gonna go Regal second. Yeah, I feel Regal. like watching wrestling with yeah. Regal would be unbelievably. Oh dope. my god. Yeah. Like he Dude. might even be number one. Yeah. Like, it's, imagine if, like, William Regal could guest on our podcast whenever we wanted. Oh, dear. I think he'd be better than Brian, even. Yeah, Regal's number one. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Which, that guy would have some stories. Plus, Regal. Oh, but he doesn't drink. or Neither of them drink. No, it's fine. Or do drugs. Yeah, I don't need that from a roommate. I do. You can do it by yourself, and he can just not judge you. Oh, powerful. Daniel Bryan seems like he could be judgmental, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so we'll put Regal above him. Okay. Uh, then Drake Maverick, maybe? Yeah, probably. Then Shane. Where's Angle come in? After Shane, but before Steph. Yeah. Angle would not be good to live with. Yeah, that's true. You're thinking of like, hey, Kurt Angle, he's cool. Then you think for two more seconds. <laughs> he's going like, to be like, uh, guys, I can barely stand up <laughs> yeah. off this couch. Can you help yeah. lift me? It's like, fuck. You're helping him all the time. Yeah, so Angle. And then Stephanie, obviously the worst because she's Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, there we go. That was a fun question. I liked it. Yeah. He maybe is our favorite listener. <laughs> Speaking of our favorite listener, here comes one from I Am Coke now. It's our sponsor at Coca-Cola LLC. And he asks, has any wrestler's social media made you like them less? If so, who? And that's our last question this week. Um, I don't want to say because they're not WWE people. They're like local people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- that's definitely happened for me as well. But what about Rollins with his bad music taste? Yeah, Rollins saying that Wilco sucks definitely hurt my feelings. Uh, I heard Flip Gordon's a flat earther. Yeah. That's frustrating. I'm not like a huge Flip Gordon fan. AJ and Orton's politics are always a little... Like, you can tell these guys are pretty true. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, what do, what do I expect from AJ Styles? You yeah, know? It's because Georgia born. Georgia, yeah. you know? Um, but my answer to the question is yes. Like, in fact, I would argue that it's... Oh, have I told my Ryback story on the podcast before? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, Ryback. Actually, I don't know if you've told that story on the pod before. Okay, so last year, I f- I'll tell it quickly, photoshopped a picture of Ryback's head onto every member of the Mac Street Boys and made it my Twitter header photo, and I tweeted out of it and said, Hey, Ryback, check it, Ryback Street Boys. He then proceeded to block me, post the picture on Instagram uncredited, and then when I messaged his podcast co-host, Pat Buck, Pat was like, yeah, well, the big guy doesn't really care about those sort of things. And I was like, well, he does. Why did he block you? I don't know. Hoping he, I didn't see him repost my thing, That's right? fucked up that he would do that first and not after you were like, hey, bud, where's my credit? No, no. He stole it and like blocked me blindly. We had no exchange. That's so fucked up. So, yeah, Ryback, definitely. I like the big guy. And wow. Yeah, so, not, not good. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was it for questions this week, Jess. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people who've had like bad tweets. There's people whose tweets make me love them more, like Sami Zayn. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Zayn. Zack Saber Jr. Like, I love Sami already, and yeah. his tweets are just like, oh fuck, I really do love this guy. Zack Saber Jr.'s like yeah. that too. Yeah. I'm sure if I followed Will Osprey on Twitter, he would make the list. Yeah, as someone who I like less. Yeah, I've definitely like it. seen things retweeted from him, and I'm like. Eh. Yeah. Wait, are you like a big Mike Elgin guy? Weren't you saying that? No, I've no? never oh. said that. Oh, I thought you were saying that. You just loved Mike Elgin's <laughs> <No>. online presence. <laughs> I've never said that. I'll check the tapes. No, this is not a good way to start Women's History Month by saying <laughs> I love Michael Elgin. And that will do it for this week's episode of Top Marks. Justin, this was a fun one. Yeah, this was a great episode, I thought. Um, if you uh, if you like this, if you want to hear more of it, uh, tell your friends. Help us grow. Uh, of course, rate and review the program over on iTunes. Gives us a nice little bump in their uh, algorithm and Absolutely. of course if the weekly show is not enough for you yeah 
Once again, we are doing bonus shows every single month. It's called Bonus Marks. It's available through our Patreon, patreon.com slash topmarks. And, uh, you know, depending on how you donate, how much you want to give us every month, we uh, will uh, we'll take care of you in a different way. And to those of you that donated at the $5 tier, our bonus episode is out. And for those at the $10 tier, the postcards will be in the mail next week. Ooh. All right. Uh, Justin, anything else you want to say? You feel good? I feel oh, good. Yeah, I feel good. I got to go to work, though. Hey. All right. Well, then let's get out of here. I guess I've been working for the past hour and a half, though. You know what I'm hey, saying? Hey, you've been doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. That ain't no shoot. It's a work, bud. Uh, you worked me into a no, shoot, No, I've been bud. shooting, and now it's time to work. Uh, Justin, at your work, uh, you're launching a new menu, right? We are, yeah. Made in the kitchen. Uh, a kitchen which you can only describe as a hot place. Mm-hmm, and some of the food is spicy. And uh, but the nice thing about the Penny's Kitchen is that it does taste great. Oh, absolutely all of it, because our chef... Is <laughs> Curry Man! <laughs> you couldn't even get there. <laughs> that isn't where I was going with it. That was really good. <laughs> All right, let's get you off to work. Here, the banter this week is uh, Justin's oh, going to work. I love you, man. Love you, too. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!